Hi everyone, Ivy here. Welcome to the first of a series of guest chats each month with entrepreneurs in unique markets. This series is focused on the creator economy. We will interview entrepreneurs in North America, Asia, and Africa to learn more about trends and opportunities in the creator space across the world. Today, I'm here with Eric Way, who is the co-founder and co-CEO of Carrot. Super excited to have you here. Why don't you tell us more about what Carrot does and what got you into the creator economy? Thanks so much for having me today here, Ivy. So I used to work at Instagram as a product manager, and I built products for creators. And about a couple of years ago, one of the creators I got to know, he's this Twitch streamer, YouTuber named The Russian Badger. And what's wild about him is he has millions of subscribers, right? He's an incredibly devoted fan base, but he told me something that I had never seen as a PM. He told me that the first time he ever went to try and set up a business bank account, they asked him if he was a drug dealer. And that was such a wild concept because here's somebody who's recognized as a very well-known creator with incredible social stats and presumably very strong revenues. And he walks into a bank and, you know, he tells them, hey, I'm the Russian Badger. <laughs> I work in gaming. And, you know, they thought he said gambling. So really, really not a good start. <laughs> P.S. I would like to start by oh depositing gosh. hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they're just sitting there and it's like, what, what, what is this guy? <laughs> like, what is going on? And that's also since previously to work in Instagram, I actually worked in the finance world at Blackstone and McKinsey. I was like, here's an opportunity. You have the emergence of a brand new segment of creators who are also businesses who clearly are running into problems, try and interact with that financial business world because those traditional institutions don't have the capability of understanding what a creator does. And so, Ivy, that's why we built Carrot. We're building better financial infrastructure for creators. And that means products that understand creators as the businesses that they are and make their lives way easier. The vision is bank accounts, payments, credit cards, anything that requires underwriting around the movement of money. But we started with something really, really simple with a business credit card. So when creators come to us, we're not sitting there saying, what the heck do you do? We say, wow, you're a real business. Here's a business card with a limit that actually makes sense, that treats you the way that you deserve. You've had businesses that sell things since the beginning of time, businesses that perform services since the beginning of time, but you never really before had the evolution of businesses that make money off of content. Now, obviously you had stars and celebrities, right? The anointed few whom the gatekeepers of media distribution pick and chose to push through movies, television, airwaves, magazines, right? who did really, really well, but you never really had the concept of a business because there were only a few people who were able to successfully make a living and be chosen by those gatekeepers. Because of TikTok, Instagram, Substack, Twitch, Twitter, and more, gosh, now anyone can go make content, anybody can build their following, and it's way easier for them to make money than ever before. But what that means is when I was working with a lot of these creators on Instagram who are making great money, two points. The first is, Gosh, suddenly they're making great revenue, but they run into the same problems any other business faces around, hey, I need to incorporate. I need to get set up with a business bank account. I need access to credit. 
I need to take care of my taxes. And all of that are things that creators having focused more on the content piece aren't necessarily well equipped or spent a ton of time thinking about how to do all the business and financial infrastructure pieces. And what was really fascinating was I was at Instagram, I was working with these creators, people with hundreds of thousands of followers and six, seven figure incomes who I go to them and I'd be like, do you know how much you're making in a month? And they'd be like, no, they'd be keeping more money in their PayPal than their bank account. In fact, some of them told me they would take out loans from their agents to produce content because they were just so not used to keeping track of all of their financials. And so the second part I was going to say was, it's not just that the creators don't have a great grasp of their financials, Ivy. It's also that the financial institutions who normally would step in and help have no sense of how to work with the creator. They'll make it really hard for creators to get access to credit, which not only is like basic business credit cards, but like mortgages, car loans, all the things, any other business, it's super easy for them to do. What else do you see like in this space right now? If you didn't start with a credit card, I know it's probably hard to kind of look back and think about all the other starting points that you have considered that might work, but where else do you see potentially someone starting since this financial system that's failing these creators, there's so many potential solutions that could exist. What else do you see as being exciting right now? So two thoughts here. The first is I think other giant areas of pain for creators outside of the card piece, like for example, taxes, number one, right? Are you personal? Are you business? Like they know they should do something. They don't know what. Number two, getting paid on time. Many times creators, when they work with brands, get paid out on net 30, net 60, net 90, which makes it really hard for them to keep track of when they get paid. And sometimes those payments come in very, very delayed, right? And number three on, hey, like hiring. Right? I need to find really excellent team members to scale myself on. In addition to what I said on taxes and getting paid, it's then about growing the team. They are always looking for good editors and content creators to start with. And the other additional piece of context out there, Ivy, is to be clear, my co-founder and I, when we started Carrot, our mission has always been building better financial info for creators. We actually did not start with the card. We actually started with the first two of the three points I said. We actually launched a tax product. We launched a separate product that helped creators get paid earlier. And what we found was with creators, it's really unique. You can't just build a product that serves them better because the underwriting's improved because it actually is easier to use. You have to build something that they get excited about. And in 15 minutes, you can go to a 23 year old YouTuber and they want to go and try and use your product. And what we found from an acquisition perspective is taxes and getting paid earlier, very, very hard to use that as your initial wedge to get a creator excited enough to onboard in the 15 minutes you have with them, convince them about, try what you're doing. Now, the hiring piece is something we haven't explored, which I've heard more and more, right, from creators we speak with. They're always looking for creative directors and editors and team members who can help scale their own production. And it's not like there's an amazing way to do that today. So I actually think that's an area that absolutely there's a big opportunity in. Yeah, definitely. I think like an accelerator for training people that creators can then hire there's a certain type of skill set like it's kind of like lambda school but for training creator employees i think that's a great idea yeah there's actually a few folks who are thinking through this so nas daily launched something called nas academy where the idea is creators can use this as a platform to teach other people about many different concepts. One of them is how to be a creator. I have another friend named Jade who runs a very similar, almost YC-like incubator called X8 Media, I believe. 
And of course, you've probably seen Mr. Beast recently announced he started making equity investments in creators to help boost them and of course receive a share of their earnings commensurately. So to your point, I think people are recently beginning to realize, yeah, hey, well, actually, if creators are businesses, why not potentially invest in them early? And so I think that's going to continue to be a huge area for growth and opportunity. Yeah, definitely heard of Mr. Beast. In fact, Lee Jin, who coined the term passion economy, just started an accelerator teaching creators how to be angel investors. For community and for hiring talent for creators, how would you go about building a business? Like, what do you think should exist and how would you go actually do it? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So you want to help creators with this problem, helping them find the right people to hire on as content editors, creative directors. Let's say we go maybe tomorrow and say, let's go and build a business about this. Like, what would we do? Well, like any sort of marketplace, like product, there's obviously two sides to consider. The first is, well, you want to have creators because these are the people whose problems you're trying to solve. The second is, well, you need to have the personnel and individuals that they'd want to work with and hire, right? And like many marketplaces, if you succeeded in conquering one of those sites first, the other becomes much, much easier. And so then the question then becomes, well, where do you start with? I think in this case, it's best to start initially with bringing together a community of the best content editors and creative directors in the world, right? While also building relationships with creators. And what I mean by that is you definitely can't really go and try and build a creator community if you don't have any value to add. And you absolutely can go to creators and say, hey, like I'll help you hire the right people to work with you. But if you don't have that yet, they'll be like, oh, cool. But you're not really going to build that deep relationship or any sort of meaningful community around them. I think two questions here. Number one is, do you think like the best creative directors in the world today know about the creator economy? Like, would they want to work with creators? Like what kind of education do you need to have there? If it's like talent that already exists in the world instead of what we talked about before, which is like training up new talent for the demand in the space. And number two is what's wrong with the current like Upwork or Fiverr? Why do you think it's really necessary to just have a niche down marketplace for this? Yeah. I mean, to your first point, yeah, of course, they're super really talented creative directors and I'm sure they know they could go into the creator space if they wanted to. Right. I mean, it's the classic, like, you know, we're trying to hire really quality people as well. Right. Like we want to hire, for example, our first designer. We know there are excellent designers out there. Excellent designers also know that they could go into startups. But again, it's about catching the right one at the right time. Right. And so if they're already star creative directors who are very well known in their own right, it's almost more like have a headhunting type thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that there's like the top level market where like there's, of course, all these fame prestige creative directors. And then, of course, there's when you're just getting started, you might just go on to Fiverr, Upwork, find a freelancer, which I think is great. And there's many times you can develop these people into people who bring on full time. But a lot of creators, they want to have people who are with them in the trenches, in person. Like content creation is a 24-7 job. And many of these creators, they're living with the editors they work with. Like, look at Mr. Beast, for example, right? He has an entire team of people who he works with, who have at this point been featured in his videos. This isn't something where you can just, hey, send someone 
online, a quick blurb description, be like, hey, take a stab at this. I think that's fine to get started with. But at a certain point, just like any other business, when you want to scale, you have to hire and bring people in-house. And so I think it's great sure at that stage where they need to do that, where the problem becomes interesting. But with all this talk and all this, you know, these services that are popping up that are specifically dedicated to creators. Can you talk more about, you know, why are creators just so different and what will kind of the future look like if everyone becomes a creator, how will the systems around everything change? Maybe start with the financial system. Like will banks ever catch up? Are there things servicing that area where they're helping banks adapt to this new normal of passion economy, as well as, things like training for future careers, tax infrastructure, like will TurboTax catch up with that? Do you see this as a turning point where there's a lot of new com- companies coming on? How do you see old yeah. companies innovating in this space? I think two, three really good points you brought up that I'll touch on. Number one is, as you said, why are creators different in terms of how to think of them as businesses relative to what was out there today? Like, why is this new? Why is this exciting? Number two, to your point, where the financial system today has failed to keep step with the development of this business type. And then number three, changes this means for you and us in our daily lives and the lives of businesses beyond just the financial infrastructure piece. So starting with that first point, right? What I'll say is it's really new that you can make money off of content as a sustainable business, right? Because once upon a time, in order to create content, whether it was say acting in movies, you go through an agent, Music, you go through a label, even books, you go through a publishing house. Distribution used to be really hard, right? When you thought about, oh, cool, when I decide what to listen to or decide what to watch or what books to buy, you go to these really centralized systems, right? Oh, the movies, the radio waves, the magazines, the bookstores, who would almost serve as tastemakers and decide like, hey, here are the new stars of tomorrow that you should be interested in. And they do that because they pick and choose a few people who would become stars and produce massive outsized outcomes. And they had to produce massive outsized outcomes in order to make it financially beneficial for that middle men's system to reap financial benefit, right? Because they're picking, choosing people. They're making really big investments, right? To help bring these people out into the world. And so they need these outsized returns. Now, what's totally changed is all that friction involved in distribution, helping people find content and build audiences has dropped significantly, right? Because of all these digital social platforms. Look, I don't know who's going to be the next Addison Ray on TikTok, right? But I know that TikTok is going to mint a few of them every year, as well as hundreds, thousands, millions more of creators of different varying sizes. And that's brand new. Now, I think I spoke to a veteran of the music industry a couple months ago, and he used to work in A&R, right? Which is the traditional function that goes and finds talent. So it's totally the power dynamic is flipped. It's not he's finding talent. Now he's going after people who really have blown up in TikTok and trying to convince them why he can help them. And so really the emergence of this as a business type is because it's new, because you can now create content and find followers so much more easily than before, you now don't need to have an outsized outcome. You can make a sustainable living. And what that means is, boom, there's this new business type that's been unlocked. Hey, I can now make this as a living. It's also the business models are being written today. As a creator who makes content, you can make money, of course, being paid directly against it, 
like subscriptions on Twitch or Patreon, or like AdSense shared to you on Google and YouTube. Can also be by promoting other folks and companies' products and services, like sponsored posts and affiliate links, or even launching your own products and courses. And the experiences you have as a creator business going through each of those three stages, that's unlike, hey, you know, I'm a bakery and I just sell pastries every day, or, you know, I'm just a design freelancer and I just freelance. It's a fundamentally different type of animal, right? So that's sort of the first point. Like, our creator business is different. I say like, yeah, it's like a new fundamental third pillar of the economy that's newly possible thanks to technology. And so going back to the second point, well, yeah, financial systems absolutely are struggling to keep up, right? For example, take a look at FICO, your credit score. FICO was developed decades ago, right? And has traditionally been used as a measure of a person's credit worthiness. But because it's developed so long ago, there are many new ways of understanding businesses and individuals that have not yet been fully rolled out or implemented because we're on the legacy systems, as well as the fact that this historic traditional measure literally didn't account for the emergence of many new types of people and businesses that we see today. And so what's intriguing is we see the future of financial technology is building products tailored for specific demographics. So for example, right, venture-backed startups now can use Brex and Ramp for their credit cards or Mercury for their banking system, right? Immigrants to the United States, people coming to the States who are coming from another country now can go to Nova Credit to help them get a card, go to Stilt to help get them set up with a bank account. That's what we're doing for creators. We're serving as that translator, that bridge between the traditional financial institutions, which are using traditional sets of heuristics to understand businesses and going and saying, well, here's how to understand this new vastly growing business and demographic. And finally, to the third point, yeah, this is a fundamental change, not just in, well, the banking system needs to cash up. This is a fundamental change for all of entertainment, education, and commerce. Because the way today that Ivy, you and I are educated, inspired, and entertained is not by going to the traditional media outlets. It's by going to YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, finding the set of creators who produce content around what we care about. That has not been developed necessarily by the media industry. In fact, you and I might not even have the same set of creators that we enjoy and follow, but they're out there and more and more people are going to become creators. And in a virtuous cycle, more and more people will consume content from those creators. So I think we're going to see seismic shifts. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that, you know, the creator space and this type of business is like a whole new pillar in this economy. I'd love to talk about kind of these, let's reel it a little bit back on how creators can just make money from their content. So the way that I see it is that creators build up this audience. And once you have the traffic, you can sell them your own products and services or someone else's products and services. These followers of these creators that they built building while doing whatever they're passionate about, stay with them. And that's what's unique about this entire kind of business line. So in the North American market, which you are more of an expert in, what are some trends that you see in like the way that creators build businesses and the popular platforms that creators use? Absolutely. So I think two points I'll make here. The first is there is a vast diversity of creators across different types of platforms and also how they make money. And the second is in that diversity of different ways that creators make money, there's increasing specialization in each of those different verticals or niches. And I'll go into both of those. So to my first point, right? What's really fascinating and intriguing is every creator these days is absolutely thinking about, hey, I can't just be in one platform. I need to be a multiple, right? 
for example, if you're a Twitch streamer, you almost certainly also have a Twitter account and a YouTube account in addition to your Twitch account because you live stream and you probably go and take some of those live streams and you edit them into videos on demand bots, put them up on YouTube. And you probably also have a Twitter presence. It's very different from say a TikTok hype house star. who's probably gonna be basically non-existent <laughs> on Twitch, right? It's probably gonna be biggest on TikTok then followed by Instagram. Mm -hmm. And because of that, creators are building their own stacks of what are the right platforms that make sense for them given their content and how they make money depending on the platform they're on, right? So for example, my first instance where you're a Twitch streamer, the vast majority of your revenue is absolutely gonna be coming from Twitch subscriptions, right? People who are paying monthly to watch you on Twitch. And then when you go and diversify and put a lot of your recordings on YouTube, boom, now you've unlocked ad sets to provide you revenue as well. Compare that to say a TikTok creator, gosh, their revenue streams is gonna be almost entirely endorsements, sponsorships, both on TikTok, but much more so on Instagram, right? Because they don't have the ad sense of Google. They don't have subscriptions through Twitch or frankly through Patreon. And so what you see is it's not like, oh, every creator is using these three tools. Every creator has like a very different mix of how they make money. Like there are so many creators who use Patreon. There are also so many creators who don't use it at all. There's so many creators who use Cameo and there's so many who would never touch it, right? And so this is my second point. Not only is every creator a little different in the stack they build, what we see is creators as they mature, first, they really need to crush at least one mode. Right. So if, for example, you're a finance YouTuber, gosh, like AdSense on YouTube is awesome for you because your CPMs are super high because your target audience is so defined. Advertisers love to advertise the audience you work with. And so before even branching out to anything else, you really just want to have a great AdSense business. And once you have that, sure, the next natural step might be, let me go launch my own course, right? Around personal finance on Teachable, OutSchool or Skillshare, what have you, right? Monthly, there's so many different course platforms at this point. That's very different from somebody who say a TikTok star. Like the next step when they're blowing up in TikTok is definitely not, let me go get some amazing AdSense off YouTube. It's going to be brand dollars, brand sponsorships. Can I bring any of that into my TikTok or more likely how do I get my following over to Instagram so I can do brand sponsorships there? And hey, maybe if I crush it on the brand sponsorship piece, oh yeah, maybe then I can go launch my own line of clothing or makeup. And so I would say really the two points just to highlight again, are one, like there's actually an extremely vast diversity. I think every creator has a different set. There's no one thing. It's not like every creator should launch their own products. Of course, it does matter, right? What they do. But number two is before, right? They branch out, we need to see them crush at least one. And they always need to have something tailored specifically to their content audience where it's going to really vary depending on the type of creator that they are. Oh, go on, please. Yeah. No, 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 no. I was just going to agree with you that I think niching down, whether as a business and creators are a business in themselves, is so important in knowing like which audience that you're talking to first. Yes. That's the absolutely. exact problem that I struggled with in this podcast in season one, as I was telling you earlier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to your point, like even before thinking through the monetization, I think as a creator, you go through this journey where like the problems that you focus on change, right? In the beginning, it's probably how do I make content? And it's how do I find an audience? Then it's how do I monetize? Then it's how do I scale? And so, you know, specifically a carrot, we're really agnostic on the type of content you are, what platform, how you are in terms of how you make money. We're not stage agnostic. We absolutely today focus on those who 
are at a stage where they're thinking about scaling, right? Because that's where we think has been traditionally less of a focus, only because all those other pieces had to be built out first, helping creators get content, getting a following, making money. That needs to exist before what we do makes sense. And as a side effect of that, that has been more built out and creators are succeeding wildly such that there's a need now for companies like ours. Great. Perfect. I think we've bounced a lot back and forth in a lot of things that we talked about today, but I keep keep hearing that, you know, there's so many more problems here to solve, like what you just mentioned. How do creators find their audience? What content should they create? How do they monetize later? What should they do after that to branch out and keep adding value to their audience, et cetera? So from all of these maybe different stages, or maybe you can break it down by different platforms or different niches, up to you. Really, really quick, what do you think are three different companies that you think should exist or early stage companies in the space that is really exciting to you? Yeah, I think number one, going back to my aforementioned point, absolutely a continued huge need on the hiring piece, right? And a creator, right, in order to scale, like they can't just be the one producing their content. They need to find other people who are really helpful for them there. And there are a couple of folks who are thinking through this today, I think to my mind, come like influence and e-fuse are both looking into the space, but I continue to believe like that's going to be a huge area for growth, right? Like as a YouTuber, as a content creator, how do you find the right creative directors and editing teams to like really, really help you out, right? Mm -hmm. Second, absolutely. I think community is really important, right? As many people have said, Hey, like you need 10,000 fans, a thousand fans, maybe just a hundred really true passionate ones. When you're able to cultivate that community, right? You can actually make a great living out of there. And there's a ton of community companies out there, right? I'm particularly fond, for example, of like Circle or like Vibely, right? Things that are helping creators build that special space for themselves, right? And finally, third of all, I think that there's going to continue to be that focus on, hey, as a creator, how do I bring my audience into more than the platform they found me on, right? which is things like beacons, right? Or Linktree. And then how do I bring them into my own offerings, right? Which of course we've seen a ton of different companies do products. I'm thinking courses, right? Like NAS Academy is extremely compelling as is monthly and so on. Now, of course, on top of all of that, I mentioned these three different areas. I'd be remiss as a co-founder if I didn't say, I of course believe that the financial infrastructure piece for creators is a huge, huge pain point, right? Everything I mentioned at the beginning around helping creators better manage your business and finances, improving underwriting and building a product that helps educate creators on their finances is a giant priority. And that's really where we see ourselves in carriage, right? We've started with a simple product that they understand and get excited about, but that's where we see ourselves building it too. Got it. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking like this is probably not fully true, but a lot of these creators, like it starts with the Gen Z <laughs> kids who are just starting to age up and find their real first job that's not a real job if they choose to become a creator that they have never been exposed to managing their own finances or ha like having a steady paycheck. In fact, if that was me at 22, where I didn't know how much money was coming in every month or every two weeks, it's like a very stressful experience, but I'm sure if that's all, you know, it's just very, very hard to deal with. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's really our mission, right? We started with something that we thought creators would understand, but we wanted to build a lot more products and do a lot more education. And so of course, we're always so always hiring. So anybody who's listening right now who might be interested in what we're doing, please feel to reach out to me. 
Ivy can give you my information or Eric at tricarat.com. But generally speaking, Ivy, you're absolutely right. And so we really want to help this new generation of entrepreneurs succeed as businesses and as creators. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Eric. I think that was a great ending. Everyone, please reach out with any leads on talent. For more information on how to start a startup, cool business models in different countries, and other interesting global trends, head over to our website at getworldsavvy.com and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter.